Welcome to this episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by the kind sponsorship from OwnerRes, providing a powerful and flexible system for managing vacation rental properties. OwnerRes provides booking and maintenance management, payment scheduling and collection, as well as insightful reporting. OwnerRes will provide you with a long-term booking foundation that is scalable for your vacation rental business while fully managing your channel listings, but still focusing on your brand, your website, and your way of doing things. Listen in to the mid-episode break where you will hear more about this internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software. For more information about OwnerRes, click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device. Let's get started. Here is your host, Heather Bayer. In today's show, I am talking to Robert Geller of Fabstays, and we're talking about how to be an inclusive host. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you once again. I've just come back from a really exhausting hour playing pickleball. Yes, I have joined the Pickleball Nation. Um, some people you may know who are getting really involved with this, uh, Sarah Bradford of Sarah and T talks about it a lot. Andy Medic, the former owner of Sea Change Vacation Rentals. And many others I know are now spending their time out on the pickleball courts. Now, what was really deemed to be a sport for the more, let's say, the more mature person has now become the fastest growing sport in North America. And people are playing it from age eight. My granddaughters play it right the way through to in people into their 70s and 80s. And even watching professional pickleball now sponsored on TV shows that this is a sport that is not going away. And the reason I mention it is that if your property or properties are anywhere near pickleball courts, then it's really worthwhile including that in your description of amenities or or local activities for them, because there are going to be groups of people that will choose your property over something similar if it's closer to the nearest pickleball court. So just a thought, I was just thinking about that. I was talking to some people on the courts this morning who were staying in some local condos in Gulf Shores. And one of them said to me that she chose the condo she was staying in because of all the pickleball options that there were around. So I just thought I'd throw that in this morning because anything that's going to push you over and above the competition is obviously good. So today I am delighted to be talking to Robert Geller, the founder of Fabstays. I first met Robert in London in 2019 at the Host 2019 show. 
And then again, just this last October at the Book Direct show in Miami. On both occasions, he was, the first occasion in London, he was presenting his own workshop on inclusive hospitality. And in Miami, he was on a panel talking about inclusive hospitality in general. And I was really taken with this because there are so many things we can do as hosts and managers to be more inclusive And that's from the way we present our listings, even to the types of images that we put on our websites and a lot more. And I wanted to bring Robert onto the show to give us more of an insight into how we can be more welcoming, not only to the LGBTQ plus community, but to all of our travellers, regardless of, of their diversity. So without further ado, let's uh, move on over to my interview with Robert Geller. So I'm super happy to have with me today Robert Geller of Fab Stays and Robert is no stranger to the Vacation Rental Success podcast. I interviewed Robert maybe a couple of years ago now. Robert, was that? Pre-pandemic, yes. Yes, it was. It was, yeah, pre-pandemic and just after we met for the first time at the Host 2019 in London, which was was such a great event. It was. It was Uh, great to meet you and other individuals here in the U.S. that I I ended up meeting them in London, yet Erica, who lives just down the road in Orlando, but it took going to London to meet everyone. Oh, I know. It was was just such a great group. We all went out to dinner while couple of times I think and we just we just all clicked really and had such a great time and I think that was your first time was that your first time at host 2019 where you did actual up on the stage presentation that was my first time being invited to speak on inclusive hospitality yes yeah and it was excellent nobody would have known ever that it was a first time I thought you you did brilliantly but here we are several years later Now, we've been through the pandemic and we met again recently at the Book Direct show in Miami and you were on a panel talking about inclusivity in general, how to be inclusive. So on the panel was yourself and Neely Khan, she she was on that panel. And who else was on the panel? Mateo. Mateo Bradford. and And John... Um, John, 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 he's going to, he's going to get me for not remembering his last name. Uh, um, he's a podcast. I know, as well. I know. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. I'm, you better not listen to this. I tell you what, I am Stokinger. Yes. Yes. My apologies. I should have known that. <laughs> me too. And he was my kayaking buddy. When we were at Verma in San Antonio, we went kayaking in downtown San Antonio <gasps> on the riverfront. It was super cool. Did you really? I had yeah. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah, that was cool. That was that is that is cool. <laughs> I've been on the river trips, but not done a kayak. Maybe yeah. next time. Maybe next time. Anyway, you had this fantastic panel about being inclusive, and it was quite an eye opener for me. And. Since then, I've explored your website a bit more, and I know that you really are focusing on helping hosts be more inclusive. So this is why I wanted to have you back on the show and and discuss this in greater detail. So 
let's kick off because maybe there are some people, maybe there's somebody out there, Robert, who doesn't know who you are and what Fab Stays is. Can you give us a brief overview of how you got into this business and what your company is and does? Certainly. Uh, first, my, my name is Robert Geller. As you had mentioned, my pronouns are he, him, his. I've been a short-term rental host since I think 2017, 16, 16. And it was through my experience, start off as a home share host. So the guest was staying in the next bedroom over, their own bedroom and bath. And it was through that experience, I saw an opportunity to improve both the guest and host experience for members of the LGBTQ plus community and for those allies and hosts that are, that are want to welcome LGBTQ plus travelers and feel comfortable doing that. Often people want to know what was my discrimination story, which there wasn't one. Really what it came down to was that any of us in the LGBTQ plus community, we have our own coming out experience and we have that with our family members and a new job at a new school and in travel, sadly. And we have that and we relive that coming out again and again. And we carry that baggage with us. We carry that experience and wonder, oh no, is this going to happen again? Is it going to happen at my when I'm looking at listings to decide where I'm going to book at, just looking to see, is this a welcome inclusive space? Is the communication with that host going to be inclusive? You know, am I going to have to, when I say partner, what's going to happen there? Which, Heather, you know, our discussion is so timely because just last week, here we are, 2023, the second week of January, and a gay couple was refused accommodations from an Airbnb host in Texas last week in 2023. So, you know, and I I share that with you and your audience, because what I'll often hear, Heather, when I'm at a conference or online, people will say, hosts might say, oh, I don't discriminate. I don't need what you do. And that's not what FabSafe is about in, in our education is, because it's kind of like saying, you know, it's just like you, maybe you have family travelers or maybe you have uh, no matter travelers want Wi-Fi or family travelers that want to pack and play. How are you letting your guests know that you have the amenities, that you have that welcoming space, that you have the accommodations that are going to suit their needs? So that's what our discussion is going to be about mm-hmm. is, is how do you position your listing? How do you be known and feel comfortable welcoming diverse guests? Well, let's, let's kick off with, you know, just, just very broadly, yeah. what does inclusivity actually mean? I yeah. mean, I think we've covered a little bit of that in, in, your, sure. in your opening introduction there, but let, let's go into that a little bit more from an yeah. LGBTQ plus perspective. Certainly. And it's interesting because um, often when I'll join panels at vacation rental conferences, I'm a big op- opponent of using the term in our space, DEI. That's diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that's what is typically the term that is used. And why I shy away from that term is that I think people shut down when they hear that. They're like, "Uh uh-oh. It's almost like, okay, I've got to go into the conference room with the fluorescent lights and get my DEI training. I like to reframe that. And I've done this at Burma. I've done this at other conferences. And when I'm invited on a panel, I'm like, you say DEI, you're going to shut the audience down. Let's talk about inclusive hospitality. So what does that mean? You know, it is projecting on your listing, on your website, 
it's communicating, it's through imagery, through language, that you are offering a safe, welcoming space to diverse guests. Now, I'll sometimes put in the word diverse guests in place of LGBTQ+, because in some of our inclusive hospitality training, we, we bring in you know, we're about inclusivity. We're not going to leave anyone out. So we will talk about in our training, for instance, the parallels of the black traveler and the LGBTQ plus traveler. Really interesting parallels there. So it's it's about welcoming diverse guests. And of course, we do focus on LGBTQ plus, but inclusivity is is a broad term that all feel welcome. Okay, that is a great explanation. I want to sort of delve a little bit deeper into this now in terms of practicality. How can hosts and managers actually do this on a practical level? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I'm chuckling a little bit to myself and probably out loud when you're asking this because I remember at maybe my first or second Verma on a panel talking about inclusive hospitality and a property manager came up to me after the conversation and they're like, okay, we're all about this. And this person was a member of the LGBTQ plus community. Their company was LGBTQ plus owned. And he was coming up to me saying, how do we do this? And I knew what, what, what he was saying was, how do we get recognized as welcoming LGBTQ plus travelers without putting rainbows and pink glitter and boas on every image. And then I'll joke, well, that, well that's because we do that at Fabstick. That's our job. But and I say that jokingly, but I know you're, I, I, I get where it's coming from. You know, you want as a, uh, and a, you, us, as property managers, as hosts, uh, short term rental owners, we want to appeal to a broad array of guests, although we might have our certain niches nomadic travelers, family travelers, etc. So it, it comes down to what we lay out in our checklist. We have a quick start checklist, and I'm actually going to refer to it in front of me. And we break it down into you know a couple of different sections on pre-booking experience, pre-arrival, the equitable stay experience. But to dive into it, it's looking at your language. What is the language where you're using in your description, the very first piece, and I'm waving my hands because like the very first piece, and this is this what gets me is when I see a host description left blank. Okay, that is a lost opportunity right there. You know, here your guest, your traveler is is looking for a connection, looking for a welcoming, and you leave a blank. Mm-hmm. You know, and that right there is your first opportunity. So the first is going to be putting in your pronouns. Uh, you know, mine, as I introduced myself, he, him, his. That in and of itself is conveying w- without all the verbiage that we have a safe, welcoming space. This is who I am. I welcome you to mm-hmm. be yourself. It's saying all of that just by putting he, him, his. The next piece is making sure you have your description. Did you, did you want to talk about that yeah, a little bit more? I just want to, okay. I just want to go. I, and at some point, I, I, I do want to talk about language. And, you know, I'm going to be very upfront here. I'm the newly minted mother of a transgender daughter at 47 years old. My firstborn has shared that she is now my daughter and I am struggling with pronouns. And I know there is something on your side about misgendering. And because you mentioned pronouns and I've been doing just a 
ton of reading. What a great mom. <laughs> I knew nothing about this. Now I'm learning a lot. And certainly before this happened, which is way back in la- last summer, that I finally found out that my daughter had experienced so much angst for 40 plus years and has now felt free enough to share exactly where she is now, which is absolutely amazing. And I support it every every single day, but I get it wrong over and over again. And I I read stuff that say, you've got to be so careful with language. You've got to never misgender somebody. And that's something I find confusing. And I, and I think, I think it's interesting to have this discussion now. Yes. Um, Yes. And, and, Apologize for interrupting you because you, you've touched on some great issues right there. First, I think you're doing a tremendous job. You know, you have embraced your daughter, and you can. I mean, I can see you. I can see you smiling and glowing as as we're recording this. So I I have that image, and, and I've 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 talked with you in person in Miami. So I can see the compassion and the embracing environment that you're trying to create, and that in and of itself, you're setting up an environment where you know, it's going to be okay to make a mistake. You know what? You're going to make a mistake. And we're all going to make mistakes. But if it's coming from a place of understanding and compassion and and wanting to learn and understand, then it's okay. You know, we're going to make mistakes. But I think the, the, the important part is when we do make a mistake, we're feeling the guilt of the mistake. Mm-hmm. We're putting the, that's on us. That's not on the individual that we're communicating, that we're engaging with. They've accepted your apology and understand where it's coming from. They've already moved on and let go. It's us. When we make the mistake, it's burning us up. And it's like, and we feel, we feel guilty. We feel, like a, we feel foolish. And, and we beat ourselves up. That's all on our own. That, the other individual understands it's coming from compassion, and they've moved on. And I share that with you, Heather, because I make mistakes. We all make mistakes, and I continue to learn. Our education is ongoing. Yes, we have a quick start checklist, but we offer our hosts ongoing education for the very point that culture changes, language changes, language evolves. What may have been appropriate a year, two years, three years ago may be actually offensive today. Mm-hmm. So it's staying engaged, learning and being open. Like just a, a quick one, like it's LGBTQ plus is what we use. It, it used to be GLBT and then it changed. And there's, there's some story and history there, which is pretty interesting. But so that's just one example. Or even I've, I've made a mistake. I once, I said transgendered. It's not the ED. Mm-hmm. It's, it, the individual is transgender. That was a mistake I made, and I was corrected right there on the spot. And the person said to me, you're not gayed, you're gay. I'm <laughs> transgender. I'm like, okay, I'm open to learning. So we're going to make mistakes, uh, but language is evolving. It's being open to hearing the message. But I like the idea, and it's something I, as a, you know, it's why I shared that, because I'd never realized this before. You know, I, I would see that somebody had, you know, on a listing, had their pronouns. And I'd think, why are you doing that? What's the point? Now I understand. Now I understand yeah. why. And that is certainly from, from an inclusive perspective, that is a welcoming thing to do. It, it is. And, and it's interesting. I, I work with, uh, we, we work with visitor bureaus uh, that uh, we promote their destinations as inclusive to LGBTQ community. I was working with an individual over there 
And I wanted to give their boss a compliment on the work that they were doing. I didn't know their pronouns and I didn't want to assume. And so I, and I actually felt a little uncomfortable because they didn't have their pronouns on the signature and I didn't want to misgender them. I mean, not that the, but just from my own sensitivity. And so I, I would use they or them to ensure so that was right there is an example of gender neutral language mm-hmm. that we would use in our own communication with guests as well. Okay, that is great. And I'm glad you touched on that to make sure that we we brought that out. So let's sort of go back to the practicality of of making this listing more inclusive. You know, we've and you talked about the host description. I mean, for me, it's also in terms of um, a website and having an about us page. Absolutely. So many people miss this About Us page. And oh. That is such a great opportunity to, it is. to share inclusivity, as well as the personality behind the p- person who is a person or people who are operating the business or the home. Exactly. You know, we're, we're all consumers. We're, we're all voting with our dollars and on what business we're going to support, what property we're going to use for one versus another, two doors down from each other. Uh, the about section and the host description section are an amazing opportunity to draw that guest in. And you know, you don't you don't have to come out and say we welcome gays to come off across as inclusive. There's there's language. There's you know crafting of your message. You know, for instance, if you were to share your interest in travel and experience other cultures and food. You're, you're right there communicating, I'm open, I'm open to learning, I welcome all. So you can say it, you know, wordsmithing and, and being creative, giving a personality. So there are ways, ways to say and communicate and convey inclusivity and welcoming and safety without having to say those words that might not be as eloquent and as flowery and pretty. Let's talk about um, images as well, because you had touched on the, the types of images that people expect to associate, you know, the rainbows and the, the colourful and a bit of glitter or whatever. And you do mention on your list inclusive images. What does that mean? What what could you do? I, sure. I've, I've, I've looked at images on, on property websites and I thought, yeah. how do how can you show inclusivity in an image? Right. Well, you know, because it, it, what you're touching on, too, at the same time is, and I know all the hosts and property managers, and I've been laughing again, is we all have experiences and we all say this, that guests aren't reading our listings. You know, they, maybe we all, we, how many times have we talked about that, right? Well, I also share with hosts that members of the LGBTQ plus community, we are reading your listings. We are looking for hints. Is this a safe, welcoming space? We're reading, maybe reading between the lines. If there might be a hint of what could be perceived as not as welcoming. And this is not my my discussion. And Fabsys is not a political platform. But there's a perception on certain areas of the world. Well, actually, no, that's not even perception. That's reality. Because homosexuality is punishable by death in 10 countries. And it's, it's criminalized in 64. So, I mean, that is, that is a fact. And also the fact that here in the U.S. in 2022, there were over 300 anti-LGBTQ plus pieces of legislation introduced. So the LGBTQ plus traveler is bringing, has that baggage and, and it already has that sensitivity and wondering, 
is this going to be a, a welcoming, safe space? So we're we kind of not that we have a chip on our shoulder, but we're like, okay, we, we have our defenses up. And so I've seen hosts share in their their image gallery an inclusive message, mm-hmm. and it could be something they got from Etsy, or uh, I've seen many different examples. I've uh, this multiple hosts in. Uh, Portland, Oregon, one of our our top markets. I've seen multiple different uh, iterations of a sign that's con- that has a, an inclusive message on it. So I've seen that's that's one that I've seen, and and there's many different examples of that. I've also seen it demonstrated. This was a host in Oklahoma City that in her image gallery she was showing pictures of her bathroom amenities. Mm-hmm. And her amenities were inclusive. So they were inclusive of hair types. She had products for individuals with kinky, curly hair. And so she was able to, dem- she was demonstrating it through imagery of her, of her amenities uh, in, in, in the bathroom. Another example would be if your property does weddings and you want to show, you're showing images of, of weddings taking place there. You need to be, cautious of are all your images of white cisgender individuals with blonde hair and blue eyes that's not resonating with everyone mm-hmm. uh, so that that would be a, another example and in that other image is going to be if you're going to do it in an about section and you're going to show your team how does that image come across maybe your team is all white you know and maybe they're all blonde but you the, you're wanting to include you know, convey inclusivity, and maybe that image isn't going to resonate with everyone. Perhaps bring in everyone's family. So we're showing more diversity in the families of the individuals that work for your company. So those are just some examples of of how to incorporate uh, inclusivity in, in imagery. Oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought that maybe a you know the, a sign or a or something on the wall. Yeah. Because I know that a lot of hosts like to have the images of not just the major images of the bedroom or the living room, but they focus in usually on those those kitschy beach. (laughs) You know, we're at the beach and we've got to relax and we've got to drink and but have an image of something that is inclusive. I had not thought of that. So I think that is a great idea. So I'm just going to take a short break from the interview to go over to our sponsor, Onares, and ask another question of Paul Waldschmidt, the founder. Hey, Paul, welcome back. So providing robust channel management is so important in a software, and I know this from being a property manager myself for 20 years. So what features makes the Onares system stand out? Yeah, there's a bunch of ways we stand out. I think the first one that I'm most proud of is speed and transparency of the integrations, which I think is something that's not really focused on enough by some of our competitors and, and others. It's either a, yeah, we integrate or yeah, we don't. But what is the speed and the transparency of the integration? That's one of the reasons we have avoided working with uh, middle managers or kind of outsourcing the integration to others because we want that speed and transparency to be controlled and demonstrated ourselves. We expose, for instance, uh, in our dashboards, what's syncing across between all the various rates and rules and content and availability, you know, when exactly uh, it's synced between the last time something changed in our system. It could be something very, very small, a little tiny rule on a day that says, I don't want 
you know, a certain minimum number of nights on Christmas. We show that and then we show how soon until it's going to sink and then bookings and tax settings and other things that are coming in from the channel. So we show the speed and transparency of that. We also strive to integrate with every part of the channel. You know, do you integrate with Airbnb, VRBO, fill in the blank? But, you know, the better question is how much do you integrate? You know, how, how much do you wrap your arms around their full feature set? And, you know, one of the pain points for homeowners and PMs is moving from platform mode to integrated mode. And so you don't want to move from platform to integrated only to find out that what you had in the platform was more featureful and faster and better. And now, yeah, you can manage 50 properties because you're integrated from one spot, but you don't get the same control and you don't get the same richness in terms of feature set. So there's a lot we could talk about here, but you know, it's really paid off uh, as an elite partner of most of the channels. It's, you know, it's great now to see what that has done, that speed, that transparency and bringing those channels now to us. They come to us, they ask our opinion. We pilot a lot of early features. So um, I think a focus on, on both those two things has really paid off well. Great, thank you. And now back to my interview with Robert Geller of Fabstays. Let's talk about the guest communication. I'm sort of going to the Tyan Marsink model here, not the general model, which is you don't communicate with the guest between booking and stay, <laughs> but, but the Tyan, but the Tyan model that says, you know, 20- I can I can send up to twenty. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say twenty-two. I yeah. forget what the number was these days. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for those listening, this is a uh, a reference to Tyan's presentation at the Book Direct show, where she talked about one particular guest group, where she she had 20, 22, 22 communications <laughs> with them between booking and stay. And having said that, Tyan will be a guest on the show in a couple of weeks' time, and we're going to be talking about her methods of property management now that now that she is a full time property manager, as well as all the other hats she has. So, so that aside, you will be hearing from Tyan soon, but. It is important that the messaging carries on after booking and before they arrive at the door. And I think for for people who need to feel safe and welcomed, I think that is ever more important, right? It, it is. And, and, you know, and it's all the pieces, how they're working together. It's not just doing one and thinking, oh, okay, I'm inclusive now. It's all of the pieces together cumulatively are creating and conveying an inclusive, welcoming, safe space. And communication is, is so important. And ensuring that the language is staying gender neutral. And when I'm saying you know gender neutral language, I'm, I'd love to give another example um, of gender neutral language. It, and it applies to so many different things. Like it applies to amenities. Slipper, you know, robes aren't his and hers. You know, um, inanimate objects are not gendered, whether it be slippers or robes, as are bedrooms. You know, like in, in the Kissimmee, Orlando, where themed bedrooms for family travelers are so popular. It's not, oh, we have a boy's room with cars, we have a girl's room with princesses, we have, you name the themed room versus it's a boy's, it's a girl's. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're talking about language and neutral, it's applied throughout uh, the listing, the communication, the description of the images. And I do want to touch on something really, really important here is someone could be, could be listening and saying, oh, no, here we go, another woke conversation. 
And I hear that out in social media, but I, I'm going to share this with you. And I partially started off with this, but you know, I'm not the only one talking about inclusive hospitality. Disney has incorporated inclusive hospitality into their language with all of their guests across all of their properties, or across all of their parks. This is also something that Booking.com commissioned a survey that was released just this summer in June 2022. And it was an LGBTQ plus travel survey that found that 82% of the LGBTQ plus travelers had experienced a less than welcoming or uncomfortable experience. And that 39%, this this course speaks to FabStays, 39% would like to see filters that allow them to identify properties that offer a positive experience for LGBTQ plus guests. So there's the billion dollar booking.com. And then Mm -hmm. Airbnb on June 19th this summer sent out an email to all hosts on inclusive hospitality. So it's not just me talking about this, and and this is not something that's woke. This is making sure that we are, you know, I think there's lots of that. We're in the hospitality business. Mm -hmm. Hospitality is ensuring that everyone is feeling welcome. Yes, we we want to make sure our calendar is full. And yes, we're maximizing dollars and we might use pricing tools and et cetera, et cetera. But we're in the hospitality business. And that is to ensure that everyone, diverse guests included, all feel welcome, safe, and included. Mm-hmm. That could sort of segue off into into something else because I, we, we over the course of the last few years, and we heard of so many people talking about getting into Airbnb and it's an investment, and you know, sit back and don't do a thing and <laughs> passive income, passive income. <laughs> how, how the heck does do you get passive income and hospitality in the right, same sentence? Right. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, we probably won't segue into that. It's just something that always crosses my mind when anyone talks about the how yeah. this business is about hospitality. It's not about investment and making money. And, and so often what you'll, that gets lost if you're in a Facebook group for short-term rental, Airbnb, verbal, da, da, da. Do you, you don't often see the word hospitality. Mm-hmm. You hear a bunch of whining, um, look, my sheets got stained. Oh, they want to come in early or late. I mean, this is hospitality. How are you exceeding guest expectations? How are you creating great memories for your travelers? like Tyann does, but she's going to tell you about uh, some of the incredible experiences <laughs> that, that she's shared with her guests. Like the guest, I know she's going to share this, the guest that had the broken dishwasher, but gave her, you know, five-star rating for an amazing experience. So it's it's just like that. It's exceeding expectations and it's a great uh, hospitality experience. Yeah, exactly. Those statistics you shared from booking.com, they're quite astonishing. Can you just share that first one again? Yeah. And, and this is also... Uh, available to anyone to download. On part, it's part of our toolkit. And it's 82% of the respondents stated that they had an experience that was less than welcoming or an uncomfortable experience when traveling. That was 82%. Was there anything there that, that described what those experiences were? You know, I'm, I'm turning this around now. So how does a host inadvertently make somebody feel uncomfortable? Or contribute yeah. to somebody feeling uncomfortable w- sure. without perhaps even th- even understanding that they're doing that. Right. Well, you know, I, I think about the term partner in communications, and it's all of us, you know, and I, and I talk about, you know, me having to do my work as well. It's undoing 
some of the stuff that we've been assuming that's come that second nature to us because of society, whatever it might, whatever it might be. We'll hear the word partner. Well, I, someone shared with me, female, said the word partner, automatically, I'm going to admit this, and I assumed, oh, I didn't know XYZ was a lesbian. Well, she's not. She used their term partner to describe her significant other. And you know, boom, I admit I was wrong, you know, I was making an assumption. So that's just one simple little trigger. You know, I've talked to guests that, oh, gosh, these are really hard stories, where I remember one was telling me that they had their profile picture of themselves with their partner with a rainbow flag behind them so that this way the guests could go ahead. If they're going to deny them a, a booking, just go ahead and do it before even engaging in a conversation. I mean, that's the kind of, that's the kind of stuff that, that the LGBT plus traveler is, is carrying around with them. So even if you on the hosting side are saying, I don't discriminate, I have a good welcoming place. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's your guest Sadly, it's coming with a lived experience of having been denied, been felt less than, and they're carrying that with them. And there's a sensitivity of, okay, how is this communication going to go? Am I going to feel feel welcome? Is it going to, when I say partner, is the communication going to go dead? Yeah, interesting. I am. I mean, I'm just going to tell you from my experience as being a property manager, and we struggled with this for for a while because we we screened our guests. And we screened our guests for partiers, basically. Sure. And so and we, we always had this little struggle. So we, we, we'd find there were eight guys coming to stay at the property, eight guys in their 30s, maybe. And alarm bells would go off saying, you know, they're going to come, they're going to party. It's a bachelor party, perhaps. So we would usually ask if they're couples, and and wow. I'm not sure if, you know, was that, you know, are yeah. you couples or or are you coming on a guy's trip? And it was really difficult to sure. to do that. How, what's your thought on that? Wow. Yeah, that's thorny right there. You're, you're walking into some thorns. Thorny. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> and, and I think what's interesting, what you described, each of us are going to co- might conjure up something different. I conjured up what I, what, what I heard. I think it's so interesting. We can hear what we process. I heard was there's a football game. These guys are going to trash your place. Okay, that's what I heard. Um, so it's interesting how we can all, you know, what our knee-jerk reaction is going to be. I mean, I think as a host and a property owner myself, I mean, I'm going to, I will ask, oh, what, what brings you to town? Mm-hmm. You know, boom, it could be, you know, those eight plus gentlemen were, you know, um, having their reunion or having guys weekend. And it could have been them just watching movies, doing facials and, and uh, drinking wine. You know, who knows? Of course, I, I thought football and trash in the place. Yeah. So it, it's making sure if we're going to asking questions, of course, is a, I feel is totally appropriate, but making sure that they're open ended and that they're we're crafting them that they cannot be perceived and that they're not coming across as alienating. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, the way we were we were pitching it was, you know, if you're couples, you're really welcome. <laughs> right, <laughs> you're right. just not welcome if you're a bachelor you're not party. A couple. Well, well, <laughs> but then, and, and, but and, then, of course, it was it was taking out the group of eight friends who may have had the best of intentions. Right. So it was always, always a tough one. Yeah. And, and you know, that taps into some, you know, the, the uh, LGBTQ plus travel uh, statistics is that it's a market that spends over $220 billion a year on travel, mm-hmm. uh, that as a segment, 
travels twice as often as the general public with an over average of 15 nights paid accommodations each year. So it's a segment of the market that spends money in travel. Yes, and we we talk all the time about you know niche niche markets, and you know particularly in these times where people are having challenges in filling sure. their space. So you yes. need to go out and find your target market, and this is a is is an affluent and well travelled target market. It's also a niche that is resilient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, when I, the stats that I share with you come from CMI, Community Marketing Insights, that does market research on the LGBTQ plus consumer. And they, each year they come out with updated statistics. And they've shared over time the resiliency of the LGBTQ plus traveler, whether it was 9-11, the downturn of the economy, the pandemic, that the LGBTQ plus traveler travel came back first in 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 large numbers mm. um so very, very interesting i mean I, I i of course dive into those stats but uh it is a very resilient market as well so how do our listeners find out more about fab stays and well, how to yeah. list yeah well come over to fab stays fabstays.com we have a tab that is that states become a fab host and on that tab you will find access to our free downloadable inclusive hospitality checklist and toolkit. So that's going to give you a checklist to get you started. Uh, maybe it's something that's new it could, or it could be a refresher. It's also going to give you access to that booking.com along with that Airbnb uh, email message that went out. So it's going to give you those tools as a starting point, And that is for everyone everywhere. We want the information to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that uh, what's your whistle and you want to become a part of Fab Stays where we promote your listing to LGBTQ plus travelers around the world. But no pressure, no pressure sales pitch. If, if what we're doing is resonates with you, we'd love to have you as part of our community. So so how is it? How is it all going, Robert? You know, you've been uh, Fab Stays has been going a few years now. What are you seeing in, in your actual listing site marketplace now? It's been super exciting, you know, and, and of course, you know, riding out like everybody else, you know, we all rode out what happened, you know, in the, during the pandemic and that affected every single one of us in the space. But it's been really exciting to see having attended all these different short-term rental conferences and then also speaking at the different host groups, whether it be host to host in Portland, there's a the wonderful group in Vermont and the acceptance and the adoption of the information that we've been sharing and these amazing properties coming on board. Oh my God, we just got one last week in Italy. This, this, this amazing property, one in Cabo that looks gorgeous. This treehouse just came in last week in Florida. So I love showing off all of the properties that we have on our site to, to LGBT plus travelers. It's pretty exciting. Well, we at uh, Vacation Rental Formula are, are launching our education platform and I've been completing a section on marketing and and it you know I think it's titled and that was what my presentation at host uh, 2019 was titled it's not all Airbnb and the fact that niche listing sites are the place that you know you you find that niche listing site 
post your property and begin your direct book experience, I guess, through that. And I would thoroughly recommend that Fab Stays is a part of your, of anybody's direct book strategy. Um, and I'm using that and I'm using Fab Stays in the course, in fact, as as, a, as an example of one of the top niche sites to, to list on because it's very broad. It's not location-based. It's not specific, well, it is specific to a degree, but, but it's meeting a massive, massive audience. So uh, I just wanted to share that too. I think everybody should be there. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> Robert, it's absolutely fabulous to talk to you. It's great to see you looking well. I know you've been under the weather a little bit and yeah. I can see that your eyes are bright and shiny, which they weren't a, a week or so ago. <laughs> no, they were closed. <laughs> <laughs> So, as ever, always just, just such a pleasure to talk to you. I want to thank you again from the bottom of my heart for the half-hour chat we had in Miami back in uh, October. Um, that, warmed, that warmed my heart, that conversation. <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't been sharing too much before then, and now look at me, you know. I'm as out as my new daughter is. <laughs> I love it. A proud mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Robert, it's an absolute pleasure. I hope we get to talk again at some point this year, face to face. I look forward to that. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much, Robert. That was such a lovely conversation. And I think a really, really timely one is, you know, as Robert mentioned, this incident that hit news this week about an Airbnb host showing such blatant discrimination. And I'll put the details of that on the show notes so you can go and see what actually happened. It, uh, it did hit the news. Um, Airbnb have banned this host from the platform. But, you know, what it's basically saying is that this stuff is still out there. This prejudice is still out there and this non-inclusivity is still out there. One other thing that, uh, that Robert said that really resonated with me was about language and how language changes and culture changes. And it's a difficult transition. But, you know, we've been going through this transition for a number of years now. So I, th I think it's time that perhaps we moved towards accepting how language is changing and stopped butting up against it and saying it's woke etc. You know, I'm really open to all changes. The fact that my personal experience has has brought it into the spotlight a bit more for me is, is perhaps, you know, has been more helpful to me than maybe to somebody who doesn't have that similar experience. But it's, it's definitely worthwhile spending time thinking a little bit more about it, thinking about how you can be more inclusive, making people feel more welcome when they're coming to your property, feeling more included and just generally feeling that hospitality from you. So I hope you found some useful information here. Definitely go and download the checklist from Fab Stays. I'll put a link on the show notes where you can go and get that. So I've downloaded it. It is comprehensive. It gives you some really good hints and tips on how to be more inclusive within your property. Okay, that's it for another week. I'm heading out probably to play a little pickleball today. Go for a walk on the beach. That's what you do when you're in Gulf Shores, Alabama for the winter when it's snowing at home. I will see you again next week and, uh, and we'll look forward to being with you once again.
This episode was brought to you by OwnerRes. For more information about this internationally recognized leader in vacation rental software, click the link in the description of this episode on your smart device or head over to vacationrentalformula.com forward slash OwnerRes to find out more. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.